Um, the title of my sermon was going to be uh, The Ass Speaks. But my wife told me I couldn't name it that. I said, now, why can't I say that? She said, well, because that's just not a word that you use in church. What word? She said, the A word. She wouldn't even say it. I said, what, what? It's in the Bible. She goes, it's not in my Bible. I said, what do you mean it's not in your Bible? She said, it's not in my Bible. I said, well, what word is in your Bible? And she said, donkey. I said, well, what do you think a donkey is? She said, not in my Bible. So that the ass speaks is not going to go on the CD. And so anyway, uh, whatever the Lord leads you to do, yeah. Turn with me in your Bible to Judges chapter 15, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 10. And the men of Judah said, why have you come up against us? So they, talking about the Philistines, answered, We have come up to arrest Samson in order to do to him what he has done to us. Well, then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock at Edom and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines have rule over us? What is this you have done to us? And Samson said unto them, As they did to me, so I have also done to them. But they said to him, We have come down to arrest you, that we may deliver you into the hands of the Philistines. Then Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. So they spoke to him, saying, No, but we will tie you securely and deliver you into their hands, but we will surely not kill you. And so they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then, then, then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned in the fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands, and he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey reached out his hand, took it, and killed a thousand men with it. Wow. Now, when we study Samson, we realize that Samson, he's anointed by God. We realize that Samson is set aside, has been set aside in his mother's womb for a particular office for which he was consecrated. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand today that it is terribly important that we, as believers in Jesus Christ, have some sense of destiny about our lives, some understanding as to who we are and why we're here. It's important that you understand that you are a child of purpose, that you are not the result of a mistake or an accident. Now, regardless of the path that brought you here, you have to know that all life comes from God. And that if God has given you life, that means you have a divine purpose to carry out for him. Now, the fact is that you cannot live out your purpose living in your past. There has to be a sense 
and a knowledge that God puts you on this earth to do what you're doing or else all the negative things that happen in your life have no meaning at all. Now we know, if we've been in church at all, we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord who are called according to his purpose. And so first you have to love him. You have to love God. And then secondly, you have to know that you are called according to his purpose. And if you do that, even though negative things happen to you, they will work together for your good. But you also have to understand that even if, even if you were called and even if you do love him, God never said that you wouldn't go through any trouble. God never said that you wouldn't have adversity. He never said that you wouldn't have a bad hair day. He never said that people wouldn't rise up against you or you wouldn't have hard times or that you would be unfriended. God never said any of those things. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says, All who live godly will suffer persecution. And so if you're not suffering persecution, I guess that means you're not living... I better stop on that. I think I'll just go right over that. But you know, there are so many jelly-backed, wheat-kneed saints who just expect everything to go, to well, go well. And when it doesn't, when everything is not comfortable and quick and convenient, they just give up. They don't seem to understand, friend, that we are in a fight, and if you are in a fight, you are going to have opposition. You know, it, it's... A lot of times, you know, I'm talking to people who have never really been in a fight. And the, so the metaphor loses its significance because everything has come easy for some folks. But let me take a minute and just testify on behalf of people who have been in a real fight. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not talking about a boxing match or a wrestling tournament or a taekwondo match because those things have rules. And if you think you're in a boxing match and you keep looking for a referee and complaining, it's not fair. He hit me the blow, blow the belt. Sweetheart, life is not a boxing match. There is no referee. This is a free-for-all, no-holds-barred street fight where anything goes. So don't think it's strange when the storm comes. Don't think it's strange when you doubt your purpose. And even when you doubt your Christianity when you face trial because the enemy makes his living beating on you. That's his job. And then what does he say? He says, if God loves you, why are you going through this? And the devil will try to convince you that God is not even real. How could there be suffering in the world if there was a God in heaven? But listen, friend, you have to fight. Fight! Fight with a capital F. The good fight of faith in order to survive the difficulty, difficulties of this life. Now in our text, there's no question that Samson... That he was a warrior and he was chosen by God. 
And so in our text, we find Samson was going through this kind of fight. The Philistines said they were coming to arrest Samson to do to him as he has done to us. Now, notice, they weren't after Samson because he was not effective. They were after him because he was effective. And let me tell you, friend, the devil doesn't come against you because you have been ineffective. He comes against you because he is scared to death what you might do when you get your act together in the kingdom of God. Verse 11 says, Then 3,000 men of Judah went down and said to Samson, Don't you realize that the Philistines rule over us? What have you done to us? And Samson said, I'm only giving them a taste of their own medicine. You see, it's a street fight. They're slugging it out. Has there ever been a time in your life when it's been blow for blow and punch for punch? I'm not talking about with your husband. One minute you had the enemy down, the next minute he had you down. Mm, mm -mm. I'm sure you may know how it is. You find out your kids are in trouble. Well, then you get that taken care of, and then the next thing you know is the enemy is messing with your job. Back and forth, back and forth. The struggle goes on. You see, what Satan is hoping for, since he cannot whip you, is that he can wear you down. See, Satan can't give you a direct hit because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So his only hope in defeating you is to wear you out where you tap out. So it's been punch for punch, up today, down tomorrow, stressed out, worn out. And here comes a devil coming along, and he says, Hey, 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 aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of all this? And then he plays his trump card and gives you a personal, embossed invitation to a pity party he's throwing. He wrote it out in calligraphy, just so you'd feel important. And he wants you to say, man, I'm so tired. I am so tired. I'm so tired of going through this stuff. I'm tired of being misunderstood. There are people that say, and, and there may be people here that say, that said, I'm tired of being single. But then there's someone else that says, I'm tired of being married. <laughs> A lady says, I'm tired of not having any children. Another mother says, I'm tired of all these kids. <laughs> Everyone is tired of something. But Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not be weary in doing well, for if we won't faint, if we won't give up, we will reap in due season. We are commanded by the Word of God not to get tired. Why is that? Because when you get tired, it is a sign that you're getting close. It is a sign that you're getting close to the finish line. You don't get tired in the first or second round. You've been trained better than that. But when you're tired, it's a sign that you are almost at the end of your fight and you are within grasp of your victory if you won't give up. 
And so Samson, he was a warrior. And Samson is also, he's been a creative fighter. I mean, one time, he tied torches to the tails of 300 foxes. Now, I'm not talking about a fox like my wife. I'm talking about a fox that has four legs. 300 foxes, and he sent them into the fields to destroy the crops of the enemy. And kudos to some of you because the only reason you're here right now is because you have been creative in your warfare against the enemy. And here's the thing. You cannot be creative without the creator. Almighty God is your war strategist. Now, I don't so much need the word of knowledge to walk around and talk and say, Oh, yay, I say to thee, I say unto thee, thou this, da, 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 da. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. But I need a word of wisdom when the enemy has created a problem in my life and I need divine insight of how to solve that situation. And it's not so that you will be impressed that I'm so spiritual. It is so that the enemy will be depressed and hell will be defeated. God does not give us his gifts to show off in front of people. He gives you the gifts that you need so that you can be creative in your warfare against Satan. So because of Samson's effectiveness, the enemy has escalated their attack. And the Philistines say, we're going to do to Samson what he has done to us. But you know, some folks, when the enemy insults them, they just burst into tears and run for counseling. But some folks say, no way, devil. I am coming back after you. So Samson would retaliate against the enemy. Listen, friend, the best way to get over that the enemy hurts you, the best way to get over that the enemy hits you is to hit him back. Retaliate, respond. Don't cry, oh, that's not fair. It's not supposed to be fair. It is a street fight, and don't you ever make the mistake of thinking the devil is going to fight fair to, against you. And so, I think it's easy to see Samson is a mighty man of God. It's easy to see that the Philistines are the bad guys. But I suggest to you today that the men of Judah are really more of a problem than the Philistines. And you see, what's so bad is that it's the men of Judah that Samson's trying to help. Have you ever been hurt by someone you're trying to help? I mean, you expect it from the enemy. You expect it from the haters, but from those people who you love and who you're trying to help. So I'm not concerned about the Philistines. God is going to take care of the Philistines. But the men of Judah, that's what bothers me. Here they are crying to the Philistines in verse 10. Why have you come against us? And the, Phil and, and, and the Philistines say, hey, we've come to bind Samson. Now notice, the Philistines were trying to do something that they could not do. Because if they could have bound Samson, he would have already been bound a long time ago. And friend, likewise, the enemy cannot bind you because Almighty God has loosed you. 
God has set you free. The enemy, the enemy cannot put chains on you unless you let him. In fact, the enemy can't do anything to you without getting God's permission and yours. But you know, it's the oldest trick in the book. Same thing that Satan did in the garden. He couldn't handle God, so Satan tried to seduce what God loved to get back at God. Same trick that the devil used to get to Samson, and it's the same trick the devil is going to try to use to get to you. Satan will use whatever you value in your heart to attack you. So, the men of Judah, they're conversing with the enemy. I mean, they had no business talking to the enemy, just like Eve had no business talking to the serpent. Let me give you a lesson from the first chapter of Overcoming 101. This is the first chapter. You get to it maybe the first day of class. It is a big mistake when you chit-chat with the enemy. Did you pay attention? There will be a test later on that one point. It is a big mistake when you chit-chat with the enemy. Ephesians 4.27, nor give place to the devil. Do not entertain him. Do not play footsies with him. Do not even let him speak. When negative, ungodly thoughts find a resting place in your mind, they will plant seeds that will torment you. Now, everyone, everyone thinks crazy stuff. But it's your job to abort those thoughts as soon as they happen. Do not, do not, do not give the devil a foothold in your life. So the men of Judah are entertaining evil. I mean... 3,000 of these jokers. 3,000, that's a big committee. They come to Samson, they say, dude, man, come on, you're messing things up for us. Don't you understand that the Philistines are over us? Why don't you just leave things alone? You're upsetting the apple cart, man. Come on, why don't you just accept this is the way it is? Why don't you just accept your predicament? Why don't you just understand that you're not supposed to have anything other than this? You see, the enemy is trying to play, let's make a deal with you and get you to accept a bad situation. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And the devil will get frustrated when you refuse to accept what the world calls normal. I mean, tell Satan, you're not going to take door one, two, or three. You're going to take God's door. That's the door that's going to win. So the jokers of Judah come along, and they tie Samson's hands with new rope. And now Samson, the mighty man, is all tied up. <laughs> what an oxymoron. He's bound not by the enemy, but by his own people. You see, the enemy couldn't do it. 
But they enticed the people around Samson to tie up his hands so that he was not free to operate. This mighty man, the great man of faith and power, is all tied up. Just like the hero in you is tied up by the human in you. Maybe you're great at rebuking devils, but your finances are all tied up. Maybe you're a strong believer, but, but, your, but your health is all tied up. You see, the devil can't stop you from being a powerful Christian, but if he can break down your body where you don't have any strength and you don't have any energy, he can still keep you from doing what God called you to do. See, because when the enemy knows that you're anointed, he will attack you in the realm where he can get access in order to stop you in the realm where he cannot get access. Samson's all tied up. Ever notice that whenever you're getting ready to do something great for God, the enemy will send something or somebody to tie you up? If it's not you personally, it's something that breaks out at your job or something that breaks out in your marriage or with your kids. But there's always something that Satan tries to throw up that will stop us dead in our tracks. And the very thing that you didn't want to deal with at a time like this, the enemy sins against you. And you're all tied up. Now, anything that restricts your movement is bondage whether it attacks you in the financial realm, whether it attacks you in the domestic realm, whether it attacks you in the physical realm, anything that leaves you where you cannot do what you're called to do is bondage. And any of these weapons are effective if they're left unchallenged. You can't be an effective Christian if you're sick. Maybe illness is not your, your, your problem, and you say, well, Mike, it's not, my problem's not that I'm stingy, I'm broke. I would if I could. Well, great, but you're still tied up. And you have to understand that it can't be that there's no money in the world. All kinds of sinners have money. And so you can't tell me that the devil's going to bless his kids and God not bless his. Friend, people are tying you up if they can. And that's why if you let them, you hear them say, you're too old to learn. You don't have the proper education for this position. You have the wrong color of skin. And I want you to know that is nothing. That is nothing. That is nothing but the devil trying you up. And I also want you to know that the devil is a liar. You have to understand that part of Samson's problem is the realm that he's operating in. He is operating in a very carnal realm, but he is fighting a very spiritual battle. You cannot operate in a carnal realm and overcome a spiritual battle. It will not happen. You can't be surrounded by carnal people with limited focus who are full of fear, and yet you still try to operate in faith. Because fear is infectious. Fear is contagious. And Samson is tied up because he has surrounded himself with fearful people. People who say, just leave it alone. Don't rock the boat. Just follow the herd. 
When you surround yourself with people like that, they will tie you up with their stinking thinking. But you've got to find someone who will stand with you, who will believe with you, and who will remind you that if God is for you, he is more than the world against you. In fact, remember that last fiery trial in your life where all hell broke loose and you thought you weren't going to make it, but yet somehow you survived the fire? Let me tell you something. God was never going to let that fire kill you. He was just using that fire to, so he could burn up things that were holding you down. Those guys were foolish to throw you in the fiery furnace because it was never going to burn you. But it was going to burn the thing that is limiting you, that is keeping you from being all that God wants you to be. We need to shout from the mountaintop, I came out of that, and I'm going to come out of this too, and it is not going to do anything but burn up my restrictions, burn up my limitations, and burn up my past. And so my introduction is over, and I'm going to start my message. I'm sure you've read between the lines. But God wants to untie your hands. God wants to untie your hands. And when your spirit gets loose, then your vision is going to get loose. See, the reason why you can't see your help is because your spiritual vision is blindfolded. When the Spirit of the Lord loosed Samson's hands, he also loosed his eyes because Samson looked and saw the help that he hadn't seen before. Friend, I want you to realize that right in the middle of your trouble, God has your solution. Right in the middle of your trial, God has your breakthrough, and God will use something that is already in your life to open up the windows of heaven for your behalf. See, it wasn't that Samson changed his address. He didn't get a new theological degree. It happened when the Spirit moved. And right where his problem was, the Bible says he saw the jawbone of a... Donkey. Donkey. It was there all the time. Well, likewise, friend, God's going to use something that's been there all the time for you. And when you let the Spirit move, there's a key. When you let the Spirit move, He will untie your hands, and He's going to open your eyes, and you're going to see your way to victory. God wants to untie your hands. Next, he's going to untie your vision. And then he's going to untie your resources. God is going to give you something to fight with. You do not have to fight the devil empty-handed. It is in your hands to prosper. It is in your hands to come out on top. It is in your hands to overcome. It is in your hands to prevail. It is in your hands to win. Verse 14 says, When the enemy roared, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, I don't always feel anointed every day. I mean, you know, I'm married, and so, and I know Starla doesn't feel anointed every day either. She's married to me. And I really doubt that you walk around all the time feeling anointed. But, you know, something I've noticed in my life is when the enemy roars, and I allow the Spirit to take over that situation. He always rises up 
and stands with me. And see, when the enemy roared, it forced Samson to have to operate in the spirit realm. I mean, Samson said, I'm never going to get the victory operating in the flesh realm, listening to these voices of doubt telling me that I need to stay in my place. Samson says, I've got to start over and stop operating in the spirit realm where I am more than a conqueror. And friend, in Christ, in the spirit realm, you are more than a conqueror. And when you are a conqueror, that means you have the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit to cut the devil to shreds. And you can whip the devil because you've got everything you need to whip the devil with. And that includes a donkey's jawbone. God will take less and do more with it because you are more than a conqueror. You are a child. You are a child of Almighty God. Listen, little is much when God is in it. And when Samson operated in the Spirit, God opened his eyes, showing him resources that he couldn't see any other way. And the Spirit gave Samson the knowledge to launch a strategic attack against the enemy. Judges 15, 16 says, heap up on heaps, which means little by little, one by one, Samson killed a thousand men. So that very well could be the way God gives you the victory, little by little. I doubt that very many of us are going to win the lottery. So little by little is how God can bring you out. And God gave Samson the victory in stages. Now, I'm hurrying. You have to admit that the donkey's jawbone is an unusual weapon. Would you agree with me? I mean, I haven't seen too many street fights in the movies where they've whipped out a donkey's <laughs> jawbone to whip up. But how many of you can look back over your life and see that God used unusual things? That God used extraordinary things to bring you out. And friend, when we are faithful, God will always, always, always bring us through. Now, it's interesting that it was a jawbone. It was a speaking bone of a donkey. And I want you to know that donkey spoke that day. And it's important what you and I speak. You want to know what realm you're operating in? Well, what do you talk about? Friend, we need, we have to start speaking things of life in the Spirit. I mean, is there an area in your life that's been tied up? Do you need to be loosed today? Marriage, do you need to be loosed? Finances, do you need to be loosed? Promotion, do you need to be loosed? Business, do you need to be loosed? Cancer, leukemia, heart blockage, do you need to be loosed today? Whatever that thing is that has you tied up, you need to call it out by name and command it to be loosed in the name of Jesus Christ right now. And then here's the key. Here is the key. You need to praise Jesus like it's already done and you are already loosed. 
Get in the faith realm. Get in the faith realm and see it done. You know, I've found that when I operate in the flesh realm, I reap corruption. Galatians 6, 8 says, if I sow to the flesh, I will of the flesh reap corruption. Now, a lot of times you use that scripture in reference to sin, and of course that's appropriate. But listen, folks, you don't have to sin to sow to the flesh. Because it also means that all of your activities, all of your conversation, all of your attentions can be in the flesh realm. If you're always talking negative, if you're always complaining about what's wrong, you're always this and that, If you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, godly speaking, godly thoughts, reading your Bible, meditating on the Word, you will of the Spirit reap life. Folks, it's really simple. It's not rocket science. You are going to reap what you sow. It doesn't matter if it's your money it's your marriage, it's your kids, it's your job. And most importantly, it's your walk with God. You are going to reap what you put into it. If you invest in the flesh, you're going to get a harvest in the flesh. But if you will invest in the Spirit, your harvest will be from the Spirit up to you. Bow your heads with me if you would. Everybody, oh man, everybody is talking. The politicians, the pundits, the athletes, the celebrities, everybody is talking. Including you and me. We're talking. And you may be here today and you're saying, I'm tired. Mike, I am tired. And you've gone through a period of depression and discouragement. And your faith has been all tied up. But friend, God wants to restore you, refresh you, and loose you today. The Spirit of God will renew you. But you see, only God can do it. Because, folks, listen, living in the presence of people is killing you. But if you will get into the presence of God, he will renew you right now. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, this God who heals, delivers, and restores, I want you to know you can know him today. If you're here today and you've drifted away, you knew him one time, but you've drifted away, you can come back to him today. Because, friend, I want you to know Jesus is calling you. Jesus is standing at the door of every person's heart who's here. And he's knocking. Will we open the door and let him in? You may want to come to the Lord today, but something has you tied up. A habit of bondage. You have sin in your life. Friend, listen to me. Please don't hear about God untying your hand, but yet leave this room bound. 
Because God is stronger than drugs. He is stronger than alcohol. He is stronger than sin. He is stronger than whatever has you tied up. God is stronger than anything you're facing today. And he is able. But not only able, he is willing to set you free. If you need Jesus to come into your heart today, would you raise your hand? With heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room. Yeah, thanks. I see it. Thank you. Yeah, I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Would you stand with me? All over this room, elders, altar workers, would you come? Take your place around these altars. The singers, somewhere, are going to create an atmosphere of worship. And I want you to know these ministers... These ministers can help you hit the breakthrough that you need. They can help you. See, because in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. So right now, I invite you to come. I invite you to come. If you raised your hand, if you didn't raise your hand, it doesn't make any difference. I invite you to come and receive. from the.